Hey, you got him with this one, dog. It's so soulful. Let's take him back. Come on. Hey, remember back in the block in the summertime when the sidewalk got so boiling hot that the heat from the street almost melts your flip flops or burn through your new shoes and leave you. With holes in your socks Us city slickers, there was no water in spots So we'd head to the corner, Mr. Warner would knock Off the knob on top of the hydrant What is up? Welcome back to episode 9 of Dad Hard with a podcast As always, big shout out to all my do-dadders Future fathers, potential parents, and everyone else tuning in Thank you as always, for listening, I am your host, Mo Green, and it's great to be back for another week. This is uh, week 14 of fatherhood for me, uh, and episode 9 of the show. Uh, before we get started with uh, with week 14 and everything like that, I want to give a huge shout out to my very, very, very close friend and basically personal fatherhood guide for me, uh, Mr. Chase Hoxton, for coming on the show last week. Um, apparently, uh, the, the reviews for, for the interview I did with him was raving, um, and uh, and it really showed in the listen. So I really appreciate Chase coming on. Um, I'm going to try to get him back on the show with a second special guest on there that I think uh, everybody will really vibe and, and dig um, so, uh, so, you know, Chase, I know you're listening. Thank you very much for coming on again. Can't wait to have you on. Can't wait to hang out with you in real life. You know what I'm saying? We do it all the time. So anyway, um, to, before we get started again, New York City, this is the week, this Friday, November 14th, the cutting room, myself and my band Firehouse are doing a one night only reunion show. Uh, we're donating all the proceeds to the Lower East Side Girls Club. So it's for a fantastic cause. So if you're in or around New York City, come out, check it out, see what the deal is. The flyer's up on the Instagram, on the Facebook. Uh, you can get tickets at the Cutting Room website, cuttingroomnyc.com. Um, like I said, the link's going to be up on the Facebook. So, you know, definitely come check us out if you like partying, if you like having a good time, if you like, you know, the music that you hear in a musical break, because as I always say, that is my own original music from back in my music days, um, or you just like music in general, come check us out, hang out, come party, have a couple drinks, get a little dance on, you know what I mean, we'll, we'll have all a uh, great old, great old fashion time and it'll be fucking fantastic. Uh, so come check us out. Myself, my band Firehouse, Cutting Room, this Friday, November 14th. Uh, hope to see y'all there. And uh, shout out to the Lower East Side Girls Club. They're doing fantastic, thing for, fantastic things for for young ladies. It's a fantastic, fantastic organization. So I'm very proud and happy that, to be working with them. Um, and, uh, you know, and, 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 being able to give uh, whatever we get from the show back to them so they can uh, keep growing and, and keep doing their thing. Um, as always, like I said already, thank you everybody for listening and tuning in for another week. Um, we are still available on all podcast platforms. So whatever you're listening to now, you can listen to it on that. You can listen to it on iTunes. If you do listen on iTunes, I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Definitely go on. 
Give me five-star rating. Drop a little comment. Um, I really appreciate all the support that I can get. Um, And lastly, shout out to everybody that keeps listening because... I've said it a couple weeks back and whatever. We started like rank 20 on Spreaker, uh, went up to 14. We have now cracked the fucking top 10 of dad-related podcasts on Spreaker. Uh, We are number nine, ladies and gentlemen, number nine ranked dad-related podcasts on Spreaker. Uh, That is the site that hosts the, the pod. So shout out to them and shout out to everybody listening for all the support and everything like that. I really appreciate it. Um, and as always, if you want to connect with me on the fatherhood, brotherhood, dadhardpod at gmail.com, hit the Facebook page, facebook.com slash dadhardpod and Instagram, uh, at dadhardpod. Um, this week, as always, we got the guest segment right. Uh, this week, our uh, my guest is a is a different twist on everything because he is not a father. It's my first guest that is not yet a dad, but he is expecting like next week. So this is my first expecting father that's on the guest segment today, um, and uh, this is going to be uh, another like set. this is going to be a little set of things that I do and talking to expecting dads as well. So this is part one of that set. Um, and it's, uh, we had a real interesting conversation and, and I, I love to hear, um, expecting dads talk about what they're doing to get prepared and what their feelings are. Because I remember it was only 14, 15, 16 weeks ago, you know, you're not even talking four months, four or five months ago, I was an expecting dad. So I remember exactly what all of those feelings were like. So, um, you know, and, and that's kind of what this pod is for, right? It, it's to help, it's to help parents and fathers and potential fathers, potential parents out there, you know, to kind of learn and get prepared for, for what's going down. So, um, you know, this is going to be a cool conversation. And like I said, this is going to be a set of conversations that I continue to have with, with perspective and expecting fathers. So this is going to be cool. It's the first time we're running it. Um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, but enough of that, because this is week 14, week 14 of fatherhood. And holy shit, man, that three months is officially in the rearview mirror. And over this weekend, we were like, me and my wife and I were like talking, we were talking around and, and like we were talking to different people and kind of like attempting to reflect on, you know, they called the the first three months, the fourth trimester, because like, that's like the last step of progression and development, um, where the baby really should be in the womb, but a human body can't carry a baby for more than for nine months or whatever. So, you know, they have to come out. Um, and things have gone so fast, but also so slow at the same time that it's kind of like you're stuck. Your mind is stuck in this big blurred mess of mush where you don't remember what happened when and how it happened and what exactly the details were. It's all kind of just like wrapped up into this one little manifestation that is your three-month-old baby. And that's like all you can remember is like the actual baby that you're looking at all the time. You don't remember all the details, all the the, the sleepless nights or the anxiety or, or whatever. And it's really, it's really a crazy thing. Um, lucky for us, 
there's this fantastic thing called this podcast that we could look back at and kind of remember the different stages and, and, and things that went on. Um, but you know, uh, this week was really crazy because you're getting over the three months. She's finally, she's out of the three months. She's going to be four months and a, a week and a half. You know what I mean? So, um, and that's fucking crazy to think about, but we're not going to think about that yet. Um, and, and so it's crazy to see, to see how this, how this child is just continues to evolve and once you get past three months they're like a real person they can tell you what they like don't like and they have a personality and and they they want different things like they get bored they want stimulation and and they let you know about it believe me um so that that's just a little bit of a thing that that i was thinking about over this past weekend but this week Right, I, I was talking about the last week uh, about the bitter reality of the responsibility of like, um, you know, having to actually like pay people to take care of your kid. Now, um, that was a big continuation to to week fourteen um, because I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that like I'm about to pay somebody a full fledged like salary to take care of my child, and you know. Uh, you know, looking at we we spent last week looking at a bunch of daycares and talking about the difference between you know doing a nanny versus doing a daycare. Um, and uh, there are a few key things that I learned in that experience. Um, the first thing is that nanny care in my neighborhood, and I would assume probably throughout most of Brooklyn, uh, for that matter, is apparently run by this strong-handed Jamaican nanny mafia, which is ironic because in my particular neighborhood, like which is the neighborhood my wife grew up in, it used to be run by the real strong-handed Italian mafia. So like, it, it just a, it's funny that now like the Italians are kind of like all moved out. It's all like kind of new parents and whatever uh, coming in here. And now it's like the nanny care, it's like, they like pounced on it. They organized and they pounced on it. And it's, there's really like this, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing it. There's like this nanny, Jamaican nanny mafia that like basically like shakes down families to get like the best deal that they can for themselves possible. So like, for example, from this is all from what I'm, I'm hearing, you know, is conjecture, rumor, but you know, for the benefit of the pod, I think it's fucking awesome. So anyway, like they'll apparently, the the, the rumor goes that, that they'll like go to the, the Jacobs family and they'll say, yep, okay, it's $20 an hour. I need at least 30 hours a week. Um, and, and, you know, and we can make this happen. And the Jacobs like, okay, cool, cool, cool. We're, we'll, we'll think about it or whatever. Um, and then they'll go to, and then they'll say, oh, you need to think about it? Well, I talked to the Stevens family yesterday. They're just down the street and they said they need at least 40 hours a week. So that's just something to think about. You know what I mean? And so the Jacobs will be, oh, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. We'll do 40 hours, 20 bucks an hour, whatever, whatever. So then they'll go to the Stevens family and they'll be like, hey, the the Jacobs, I know we, we spoke earlier, but now the Jacobs family is offering me $20 an hour for 50 hours a week and medical benefits. And this whole thing just goes back and forth and they pit these families up against each other until the nanny is probably making more than both families combined. And then on top of that, 
they're like, okay, I went with the Stevens family, but you know what? I got this cousin for the Jacobs. And then, then they bring their cousin in and our cousin is getting the same thing. It's a whole wild situation that that's there. And they just kind of like run and they just run the entire nanny circuit throughout my neighborhood and it, I just think that's a wild thing it's just nannies coming in fucking shaking down families it's because they know that this you know this childcare thing and trying to find a good nanny or a good daycare is so important to people um it's it's wild second thing I learned is that I'm pretty sure that every Russian person in Brooklyn runs a daycare and if they don't actually run it they work for some semblance of a family member that does run it <laughs> because every single um, daycare that we saw last week, and we must have seen like half a dozen of them and probably talked to even more. Um, every one of them is like, it's like just a big, they're all Russian. Not that that's bad. They were all fantastic. I would have loved every single, they're the nicest people in the world, but they're all Russian and it's all just their family working for them um, as the, the the caretakers for the kids. And then the other daycare down the street is like another branch of their family. That's a, and it's, again, it's just this big connecting web of like one family, just like handling all the daycares in the neighborhood. And it's then now they're not necessarily connected to each other, but it, they're they all they all know each other it's so it's so wild um it's just it's so it's so wild it's just this, this takeover this takeover of child care is just insane um and the last thing that i realized is that my daughter is way too happy in accepting of strangers she will literally look at anyone who smiles at her and immediately smile back at them like they're like they're your long lost sister finally reunited and it feels so good or some shit like that. It's it's crazy. So with that's like, you know, we're, we're walking into daycares and we're like, she's seeing like a random woman and she just starts smiling at them like they're best friends and she's known them for years and like it might as well be mommy and daddy. Like I'm like, come on, man. Like you don't have any allegiance to us. Come on. Um, but that said, as soon as she can understand words, it's going to be no more Sesame Street and Muppets in, in our house because it's going to be only Stranger Danger videos. She's way too accepting. She needs to learn about the Stranger Danger shit. And once she learns about the Stranger Danger shit, nobody's even going to try a goddamn thing because this girl screams so goddamn loud. Uh, the pipes on her scream are like beyond. It's like glass shattering i swear to god like i'm i'm her dad and every time she screams in our house i think that the cops are going to come after me and i'm like in house just changing her diaper and she just screaming and she's not she doesn't even like scream anymore because she's crying she just like screams because she likes to fucking scream she just screams for fun like it's hilarious like that's like a new joke for her she just wants to scream and these screams are 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 so crazy because if i'm not in the room like let's say she's with my wife in like the living room and i'm in in, in the bedroom or whatever and i hear a scream like i actually am not sure if it's my daughter screaming or if my wife just decided to watch Jurassic Park because 
This girl sounds like a goddamn baby pterodactyl or velociraptor, like, readying their attack. Like, ah! Like, it's wild. It's really, really wild. So, for that reason, for the first time ever on this podcast, we're going to play a game. I'm going to play a game with you guys. And it's called, Is This My Daughter or a Dinosaur? And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to play you clips of my daughter screaming and then clips of the Velociraptor from Jurassic Park. And I guarantee you that you're not going to be able to tell the difference because she sounds like a fucking Velociraptor. It is crazy. So no further ado, the first game ever on Dad Hard with a podcast. Is this my daughter or a dinosaur? All right. So here we go. This is clip one. Is this my daughter or a dinosaur? What do you think? Is it my daughter or a dinosaur? That was my daughter. And you know what? It sounds like a fucking dinosaur. Here's clip two. Is this my daughter or a dinosaur? If you said that's my daughter, you're almost right. But you're wrong. That is a baby velociraptor from Jurassic Park, the original. How crazy is that? They sound exactly the goddamn same. I'm telling you, one more time. Okay, we're going to play one more. We're going to do one more clip. I'm not going to tell you which one is which in the middle. I'm going to play one back and forth. And you tell you think about which one is my daughter and which one's a dinosaur. That was clip one. Here's clip two. All right, people. Which one was the dinosaur and which one was my daughter? If you said that the first one was a dinosaur, you were right. Because the second one is my daughter. But they sound exactly the same. It's crazy. She, I, I swear to God, I'll just like be hearing her scream and... I can't help but laugh because all I can see is a freaking pterodactyl like flying overhead, it's like just screaming out loud, and it's it's just wild. So, you know, week fourteen, um, get ready to be to have your friends and family all be confused as to whether or not your daughter or your son is a dinosaur, um, and. You know, have your neighbors, you know, get ready, get prepared for your neighbors just thinking that you really are a huge Jurassic Park fan because this screaming thing, I know I looked it up on the internet. This apparently is like a thing when they get to this age, like they just like to do these screams. I guess they're trying to work out their vocal cords and all type of stuff like that, but it's like, it's a thing. You can look up YouTube videos. There are like hundreds of them where People are comparing their 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 babies to velociraptors and and pterodactyls and stuff like that. So I hope all of you listening now that are not parents or not this stage yet, I hope that you like dinosaur screams because this is what you have to get ready for. Um, and it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen all the goddamn time. And with that said, 
that's all for this segment of Dad Hard with a podcast. Um, like I said, you know we're gonna hit the musical break. This musical break actually features some members of the Firehouse Band, so you can get a little prepared for what you have in store if you're gonna come out to the show on Friday, uh, November fourteenth. Cutting room. I'll plug it again. Um, and as always, to connect with me on the Fatherhood Brotherhood, dadhardpod at gmail.com, Instagram at dadhardpod, Facebook.com slash dadhardpod. And coming up on the other side of the break, my first expecting father in the history of the show, episode nine, Dad Hard with a podcast. We will catch you on the other side. come back from that musical break it's time for the guest segment and this week i have a very good friend of mine who is my first non-dad guest (laughs) but not only is he not a non-dad he is an expecting dad so that whole future father thing this is my first future father buddy of mine from college so known each other what 15 years also it's my second College friend guest, we're just running the gamut having kids around around our college circle right this now. This year, man, it's just like <laughs> it's really it's crazy. It's unbelievable. It is. Um, but anyway, this is this is my man Patton Corrigan. Hello, huh? He is expecting a. Your wife is how many weeks pregnant? Pregnant? Almost thirty five weeks. Oh, due how date. many times you have to double check that with her? Before yeah. you can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I know the due date is November 29th. That's, <laughs> that's for sure. That's, that's for sure. That's, that's for sure. As long as you know the date so yeah. that you can like right. mentally this prepare. Weekend. Right, exactly. You, you, are you counting down the weekends that you have left before this baby They're pump? coming faster and faster. Like uh, that like second trimester, the weeks seem to go relatively slowly. Yeah. But as soon as we hit the third trimester, like all of a sudden it's – so we count the weeks on every Friday. Okay. And it just seems like I blink my eyes and it's Friday again. You yeah. know? And, uh, wait till you have a kid. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. It's crazy. Um, but it's great, man. It's been, it's been, uh, a really awesome process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, 
for for us for dads like you know yes, pretty, pretty <laughs> fucking easy for us pretty, I'm not gonna I mean, lie. what do we have to do uh we just like pick up things in the third trimester that's what we do now it's like i mean it's been um a learning experience but i have the luxury of seeing all you guys go through it so you know your your first guest omri our good friend uh, our friend jason i mean we have so many friends that have given birth over this past year um and i'm just a recipient of all that knowledge and experience and baby clothes and you know oh, yeah we can have a bunch of stuff i know exactly bunch exactly of stuff so it's I, I feel like uh i'm definitely not the pioneer here which uh you know i'm I, I can't say I'm not happy about so. For know, sure. It's, it's, you know, I've enjoyed uh, seeing all you guys become fathers and uh, trying to take some notes here and there, you know? And now you're going to join the brotherhood. That's right. The fatherhood brotherhood. <laughs> the fatherhood you welcome brotherhood. another brother. It's crazy, brother. man. And then for, the, for people who don't know, Mo and I um, probably logged uh, hundreds of hours um, watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air yeah. throughout college. Yes. Nick at Night. Yes. Um, just sitting there absorbing the wisdom of Uncle Phil. Yes, indeed. Uncle Phil, shout and... out to you. <laughs> R.I.P. So, I mean, listen, uh, hopefully our children, uh, you know, they're born in the same year. Maybe they'll go to college together and they can carry on that tradition. That's and I we both do. live in Brooklyn. Maybe That's we'll right. Exactly. School together. school together, college yeah. together. That'd be We're crazy. Sit them down on the couch and make them watch. watch Fresh Prince. Yes. <laughs> yes. And hopefully they'll never have to go to that one emotional episode of Fresh Prince uh. where Will like hates his father. Like, like, <laughs> hopefully they'll yeah, never have to go through that, that one. Right. Um, how's the pregnancy been? Um, you know, it's been, it's been, uh, pretty good. Um, I think, you know, first trimester, uh, nausea, um, you know, I'll, it was pretty interesting cause I would say that we were planning, mm-hmm. uh, but it was still unexpected. <laughs> it, it, it always happens like that when we, when we first tried, um, the first time around, I guess, haven't gotten into that whole story yet and yep, I don't know yep. if I will, but our first time around we literally hit it like this. Yeah. And then the the second time around, um, it took a little bit longer. And then like one random day, we were just like drinking margaritas all day. And I'm convinced that that was just like the day that that it, it, it caught or whatever. Um, like just before. And then we we didn't even know. Yeah. Until we went uh, we went to New Orleans with my wife's family. Yeah. For. Her thirty fifth and her mom's seventieth birthday. Yeah, wow. They're both in November. That's and wild. We had no idea she was pregnant. Just yeah. out partying, raging, yeah, right, drinking, right, getting right. We come back like that next Monday and take a pregnancy, and she's like, "Oh shit, I'm pregnant." It was crazy. Yeah, but it always happens like that. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, I would even go for a step further in saying that, like. Uh, we didn't even hit the go button on the trying phase. Oh, wow. I, I'd say like uh, this was so you went straight to the margarita. I mean, it was. It, uh, listen, I had for some reason, and I have no reason to think this. Um, there's no history of it in my family at all. But like, I was just convinced that I was going to have to totally change around my lifestyle to give ourselves the best chance of becoming pregnant. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was as healthy as possible. Mm-hmm. Our friend. Jason was giving me matcha powder and pumpkin seeds. I mean, I I was cutting down the drinking, everything like that. Um, And you know, so I was I was starting to research all that because 
you know, I've had friends that got pregnant right off the bat. I've also had friends that had trouble getting yep. pregnant. And it just it was sure. a scary thing for me that, you know, uh, getting pregnant could be a process. Yep. It could be a long, drawn-out, and emotionally draining process. So I wanted to Which put myself... Which is also something that they never prepare you no. or tell you about that, Correct. like, is more likely than not going to be the case. Right. And, I, I mean, listen, I, it... I guess um, is a blessing that it happened the way that it did because we didn't even put the pressure on each other to like, you know, like, Oh, you're ovulate. Like, this is a time you yeah. know, we're in our time frame right now. Let's go do this. And you know, it, there was no, um, there was no outside pressure. There was no expectations because we weren't even expecting it. But like that being said, we were in a good place, right? Like yeah. we we're talking about having children yeah. and wanting to have children. So yeah. like, uh, you know, it's funny you went to New Orleans uh, Ellie and I, my wife and I, we, our birthdays are, um, mine's at the beginning of April. She's at the end of April. So we do a party, a birthday party for each other, you know, right in the middle. And, um, you know, we had a nice birthday. We got after it drinking and, you know, hanging out with friends. Great time. Uh, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and that Monday right after the party, um, Ellie calls me while I'm at work and she's like, uh, can you come home from work? I'm like, I didn't even ask her what it was because I sort of like in the well, back of my head knew what was going on. Even though we hadn't been talking about yeah. it or anything, she just wouldn't ask me home from work unless it was something really important. So I beelined it home and uh, she's sitting there with like, you know, 15 pregnancy yep. tests, all positive, yep. bright red positive. Yeah. <laughs> yep. and, and like <laughs> bright red positive, yeah, right. smiley face, right, 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 gray, right. Like I mean, all four different brands. And I think that like our first reaction, I wasn't like – it wasn't like, oh, thank God, you know, like crying tears of joy. My first reaction, and I think Ellie's first reaction was, what did we do? Because, like, we were just like, we were, we had just come off this, you know, a birthday party weekend, and yeah. I was just like mortified that, like, you know, um, we might have done something to hurt this, this life that, yeah. you know, we needed to confirm was there. But so we, um, it was like late in the afternoon, and we find, <laughs> I mean, I'm like ZocDoc. We find we find an OB clinic that's open, and we can go to in Flushing, Queens. Like, oh my we, god! I know, I'm driving on the BQE in rush hour to get to this. I mean, it had good reviews. There are nice people. It was actually a great. It was a great clinic. It was a great clinic. But like, we Did just needed to go some the full process. No, no, one, we one needed to. We needed to go somewhere to confirm, get the sonogram right, like for sure, hear the heartbeat, confirm everything. So we go there, and thank God, I mean, they were great. Um, the uh, OB that was there was super sweet and really understanding and, like, could see that we were a little scared yeah. that, like, we told her the scenario. And she's like, listen, the heartbeat is strong. Everything looks great. You had a heartbeat that quick? Oh, yeah, because it, it was seven weeks. It was, like, seven, oh. yeah, it wasn't that quick. I mean, it wasn't like oh. we conceived – that we like conceived no, no, after no, the birthday. No, 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 no. Okay, gotcha. So you no. said that was a similar situation to us. We yeah. conceived like a month before. Yeah. By the time we went to go, by the time Nat took the pregnancy test, and we got back. She took the pregnancy test the the, the day or two days before Thanksgiving mm. because we got back from New Orleans and like <laughs> she was late. Right. And um. I knew something was up when she was in New Orleans because she was acting all yeah, types right, of right, like right, 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 movie right, right, and I was right. like, oh God. Yep. I'm like about to go to work. I'm drinking a coffee and she's like, I just hear a holy shit from the bathroom and I'm like, what? She's like, babe, it says I'm pregnant and she comes out with three different pregnancy tests yeah, all like, saying choo, pregnant. Choo, choo, it was choo. insane. Yeah. Um, it was, so, so it was, we get there, um, you know, 
they measure and they're like, you're about seven weeks, there's your due date, the heartbeat is strong, um, you know, don't worry about anything, you know, think about throughout history, you know, people only really started taking care of themselves during pregnancy, like, uh, 40 years ago, you yes. know, like yeah. it, before that it was like parties on, doesn't matter. So when they put that in perspective and they're like, listen, you know, obviously you don't really know what's going on until like the 12 week checkup right. and, you know, so just it's a difficult time no, no matter what you do, but just understand the heartbeat's strong and everything's good. So as soon as, um, as soon as we heard that, then it was like, you know, that's when the first sort of it, it hit me moment came. Really? But like it, like it's not, um, it's still not real to me okay. because I'm not carrying this baby. Right, gotcha. okay, fine, I can only sure. feel it from the outside, but like, um, it, it just felt like I, you know, hearing the heartbeat was definitely a moment. How great is that was a moment. It was a moment. That's the moment. And it's like so strong too. Yeah. And it's like the, you know, it's so to think that the, that the, the embryo is just like tiny, like, you know, a fraction of a, a centimeter big, but like you can hear that heartbeat so strong it's crazy. and it's just really wild to think about it so like that was um you know that car ride back was emotional and it was but it was great you, cry? you cried when yeah, you hear the heartbeat yeah, yeah uh, definitely yeah i, I mean that's it's what, that's yeah just, i i cried hysterically like a little baby was yeah like, when i heard that heartbeat i i lost it there's a couple of different times where that happened to me but like you know still that being said it's not the most like it's still almost like theoretical to me, this whole thing. You know, I see the baby now, you know, in the third trimester. Baby could be born right now and be totally fine. Yeah. And I see the baby rolling around and, and uh, you know, moving and kicking and punching. And so, like, I already feel like there's a connection there a little bit. But, like, still, it's not the same that Ellie has, right? Of course like, not. it's it's just, it doesn't... Um, you know, I've heard, like I said, having the benefit of all of you guys come before me, I've I've heard about how significant of a moment that is when you first see the baby yep. after the birth. So, like, that's what I'm sort of, you know, preparing myself for. I'd say. So I so I before we came on, I told you that that um when when I actually felt I'm also new. I'm like the last one of our friends. Yeah. Since, you yeah. Know, before so you had you, before, I guess. Yeah. So I'm the newest. Um and and. When it became obviously hearing the heartbeat, I was like, "Wow, that's really cool, whatever." But like, it didn't become like real to me that I was having a baby until I came home with a stroller, and we actually bought the stroller. Like, that was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. I and when we had the stroller, we had her entire room set up, yeah. crib, yeah. dresser, change. Like the stroller was literally like the one of the last thing. things yeah. we got. But that was the moment when I was like, "Oh." Like yeah. we're actually having this thing. Have you had that moment yet? I don't think I, you know, like, I don't think I have. I, I really? honestly, yeah, to be completely honest with you, it's, it's sort of been after that initial moment of realizing that we we're going to become father, I was going to become father. Uh, it's been a lot of, um, you know, milestones, plenty of milestones to that. You, you might think you might trigger that. Like, you know, like you said, it's a stroller, right? we, had to do a renovation in our apartment. We made yeah, yeah, right. we made a new a new room for the baby. Um, we've been filling it with furniture. We've been you know uh, washing and ironing clothes and you know stuffing it into the drawers and getting you know ordering diapers and everything already. And honestly, like I just I think like because I've seen all of you guys go through it and you guys have told me and I've heard from other people in my family just you know what it's that difference is like between 
you know, when your wife or your partner is pregnant to when she gives birth. Um, I think like I've, I've sort of like mentally gone to this place where it's not going to be, it's not going to really hit me and I'm not like looking for it to hit me until the birth comes. And I don't know if that's for better or for worse. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm still like doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing, right? Like, you know, or else you're going to get your head bitten off. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Trust me, I know. But it's still so, uh, it seems... Um, I guess, you know, there were big moments, right? Mm-hmm. Of course, finding out the gender, having mm-hmm. a baby girl, mm-hmm. right? Um, adding to the legion of girls that have been born in the past year. Um, but, uh, you know, seeing, doing the health or doing the body scan, the anatomy scan, right? At 20 weeks. Um, all sorts of different milestones that you reach um, that could trigger that for somebody else buying a shoulder. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I've just sort of gotten to this place emotionally where I'm like, I know that I am not going to be able to tap into that until I see the baby. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll it's a whole other, it's a whole other world once you see the baby. Mm-hmm. Right. And like we, yeah. we had a C-section. So like, it's even weirder yeah. to do that because like, you're not even, neither of you mm-hmm. are actually watching this thing like right. coming right. out. Right, right, All of a sudden, oh, the, you like, see them doing it. <laughs> exactly. right. it's, like, it's like, ta-da, it's like a magic trick. <laughs> Seriously. It's like you're at a fucking David Blaine show and all of a sudden they just like pull this rabbit from behind a fucking, uh, uh, a curtain. Yeah. But it's not a rabbit, it's a baby. That's gotta be, I mean, that's gotta be such a mindfuck. I it's don't even know how to, yeah, right. It's, it's such a trip because like, actually with us, like we were both freaked out because like, Aurora did not cry mm. a single time. Oh, God. Like, I don't think she cried until we brought her back to this house. Seriously? Like, I swear to God. I don't think she cried like, one time until Hello? she cried back to this house. I swear to God. And then she only cried a couple times, and now she just screams. Right? But, <laughs> um, but when she came out, she didn't cry. So we were both freaking out. Yeah. Like, you know, that's like doped up on the on the the, the drugs or the, the epidural or whatever right? yeah and i have no idea what's going on because like they rush me in the, the fucked up thing about the c-section is that they bring you in through a door that and the door like you have to walk past watching all the doctors going but they like just like grab you over your head so you like don't see what they're doing jesus because she was in there first they like prep her and they start it and then like just a couple minutes after, a couple minutes before they're about to pull it out, then they bring the dad in. Yeah. Like, they, they, so like, she's in there all by herself. Like, I have no idea what's going on. She has no idea what's going on because there's this big sheet, like, that you can't see anything. And then Aurora's not crying. Oh, God. So, and, and you hear them like, okay, wait, you gotta get there. And you hear them like all mumbling and, and hustling to get stuff out. And we can't tell if they're concerned or not concerned. And then you don't hear this thing crying. And then all of a sudden it's on a plate next to you. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on? All right, now I'm horrified. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, I mean, uh, I'm. Sort of like, I, I feel like, um, I don't know how to put it. I mean, I, I just understand that there's no way to really understand what's coming until it actually happens. So with that being said, I'm not trying to overthink it. For sure. And that's, that's always been my thing, right? I've always, I've always said, like, people always came out to me. The one thing, and, and I'll get into this with you in a second, and ask you your experience with it, but the one thing that I always was when you tell people that you're pregnant, or even more so once you have a baby, anybody in the world, it yeah. could be your father-in-law, it could be your 
cousin. It could be some random fucking old grandpa on the Just street. Like, like uh, exactly. Like, yeah, everybody, everybody wants yeah, to give you fucking parenting yeah, advice. Yeah. Every single person wants to give you advice. As soon as they find out that you're pregnant, even more so when you have a baby. Do people do that to you? Like, do you find that everybody is just trying to give you advice about shit? I don't know. I think I think Ellie's really good at um, giving off a vibe that says like. Yeah, thanks. Okay, great. She like, is yeah, really right? good like, at that. Like, don't, she does have a like, really good talent. Like, for that. just like being like, okay, like, sure. I, it, it's just both of us realize that like advice, whether it's advice from somebody you know, advice from somebody you don't know, or advice from a book, right? Like scientific quote quotation mark scientific advice. It's so much of it is just old wife sales, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like there's not much science behind it because, like, look. Nobody's gonna well, not much science that's a- applicable to you, right? Necessarily, as because a father, your kid or your life wasn't part of that so- that study. You know what I mean? Sure. Like, and also, like, who's gonna be like, yeah, okay, I'll try eating sushi every day during this pregnancy and see what happens to the baby, right? Nobody's gonna do that, right? Actually, Nat knows somebody that Stop did it. do that. Swear Stop to God, it. I swear to God, the baby she had. No, a- yeah. <laughs> I got mad. I remember like one of the biggest fights that Ellie and I had during. The pregnancy and this is like you know obviously every couple's going to go through this at some point as a father you're totally out of control right like not out of control you don't have control over the situation and like yeah. sometimes you know different people handle it different ways but it's natural to like at some point overstep your bounds and trying to assert some sort of control over the pregnancy ooh, right ooh, like ooh, like a, it's 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 a, it's a big it's, note that's like a podcast all in of itself right <laughs> it's it's um and for me it was um Ellie was a, like, not even joking, like, 10 cups of coffee a day person. And she's like, she's like, I don't, before we got pregnant, she's like, I don't know how I'm going to give up coffee. And then, you know, like, you read some things that say coffee's totally fine, you know, like that Emily Oster book or whatever. You read some things that say you 200 milligrams of coffee a day, whatever. So, yeah, during thanks, the pregnancy. I'll measure out my yeah, 200 milligrams. So, during the pregnancy, I mean, Ellie's been drinking, you know, a couple cups of coffee when she wants to. She's not at drinking as much. She's not drinking 10 cups of coffee, right? But she's drinking enough coffee to, you know, put her in a place where she's not, uh, you know, grumpy and she's For not sure. have a headache, right? For sure. And at the beginning, I, I like would see her maybe if, you know, I remember we were on vacation, right? And. Uh, she ordered a coffee in the afternoon and I made some sort of comment about, yeah, yeah. And it was just like, and it was, I mean, she's like, do you really think that you're more concerned about the health of this baby than I am? Like, do you really think that I'm not paying attention to, you know, the type of... Oh, if you yeah, can see right. my face right now, I, know. I am cringing like, to course, my core of because course. I know that conversation Yeah, so well. exactly. So, um... You know, I, it's, at a certain point, it was a helpful lesson for me. It happened internally within our marriage, but it was a helpful lesson to me to realize that, like, uh, of course, arm yourself with some information, some knowledge, but, like, just understand that, first of all, it's the mom's decision about how she's going to go about caring for this baby during the pregnancy, and just, like, like just give up some control like be vulnerable just go with whatever it is that she thinks is best because you know at the end of the day you owe the moms the fathers owe the moms in my opinion a big debt right like they they're sacrificing really 10 months because it's 40 weeks right people don't talk about that but like it's oh and then there's the then there's at least a month afterwards where right 
all sorts of so, screwed up emotionally and right. hormonally and all that stuff. Exactly. So you have to you have to just realize that um, you're there during that time. You just need to um, sort of just sacrifice your own ego and be vulnerable and just like go along with whatever it is that the mom thinks is best. So that ties into the advice thing because you know you learn how to. Um, pick out, pick and choose certain things that were helpful for people, right? Like we listen to our friends, obviously. Like Ellie's going to listen to Nat, right? Like mm-hmm. when she says, "This helped me, this helped me," right? You know, uh, chew on some ginger for the nausea, whatever. Like that actually really helps. Yeah, a lot. of course. Like, ginger really there, helps. There, it's not that all advice is bullshit. It's just, um, you know, the place that it's coming from, and you know what it means to that person is going to be different every time. So you just sort of have to. You have to freestyle how you uh, how you absorb the information. Hundred percent. Um, and it's different for everybody, and it's different for the husband, different for the wife. Yes. And you, at the end of the day, it's the wife's decision, right? It's or the partner's decision. It's the female's decision. The baby carrier's decision on how they want to go about things. Um, and you know, like you just have to realize. Uh, that you can just go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's so it's really true. That was the that was the biggest, the most difficult thing for me yeah. is to learn how to say to myself, "Yeah, Mo, go fuck yourself," right. because you exactly. just have to deal with this right now. And, like, and you can was, either make it miserable, right, or you absolutely. can just you or you can, can just d- deal with it and, right. and get it and just like. Don't and stop speaking. You know what I mean. That was <laughs> yeah, my exactly. biggest thing. Is that like I have a very Mo, hard stop time. speaking. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow, in, that's in very case, difficult. In, listeners out there, in <laughs> case you didn't realize, I have a huge problem with not speaking. <laughs> um, that was the biggest thing. Yeah. That we went back and forth on is that like I just if she said something to me like whether I thought it was like valid or not like. Yeah. I had, that was my biggest issue that I couldn't not say something back. I think like and one of the that ways was the hardest thing for me to learn during that pregnancy time. Yeah, eventually I did, I guess. Like listen, one of the ways that that I sort of like centered myself about about this whole thing is like if we weren't there, if I wasn't there during this pregnancy, if I didn't exist during this pregnancy, um, if I was like some one night stand and just like bounced and wasn't there. Um, Ellie would still be fine and would still be a great mother and would still be raising this baby and would be it would still be, you know, in command of her environment as a pregnant woman. Like, you know, like I don't I'm not that's adding much who here. She you know? is in general. Well, that's also, true. That's true. You know what I mean? Like that's like a testament to her. Sure. As well as knowing her as well. Same with you that, know? though. Like, you know, yeah. listen, we're there to support them and I'm sure like hopefully we've made it easier for them. A little bit during the process, hopefully. Unfortunately, um, we've probably made it more difficult. Nah, I mean, listen, I think, you know, I'm sure we've both done great things, too. It's just like, uh, at the end of the day, we're not really needed during this process other than, you know, to, to, to be there for them. So if you look at it like that, then you can start to, you know, make some, some more decisions, some other decisions about, you know, what advice you listen to, what, what advice you don't listen to, what, what you get riled up about, what you don't get riled up For sure. About. You know, like... Especially is it that, you know, like it's, it's easy to get riled up by something until you realize that like, you don't really have a say in the matter until, I mean, listen, advice on how to raise the baby after they're born. Well, that's a different story, of course, because you actually are participating in that process. And everybody under the sun is going to give it to you. So it doesn't stop. It, it gets worse. Yeah, of course. I'm sure. We, we were at a diner the other day. Stop. We had to go get Aurora a hip sonogram 
and we're at a diner the other day on like 63rd Street or something like that. And after we leave, like, and Aurora was like, she's been like fussy, eating a little bit, like, and like I said, she doesn't cry anymore. She just screams. So we're in this diner, the Ritz Diner on like 64th and 3rd or something like that. And after her first train ride into the city, and, um... She's, I'm trying to feed her, and she's, like, going back and forth, eating and screaming, eating and screaming, <laughs> eating and screaming. And then afterwards, this woman, this old woman, comes up to us and tries to, like, sit there and give us a, you know, you know, sonny, when I had my oh, children, I didn't bring, I'm like, what? You had children 90 years ago. Like, what are you trying to tell me about raising, like, you're trying to give me advice. I don't even know who you are. Like, I've never... I'm never going to see you again. Don't even know what you look like right now. I'm talking about you on my podcast, and I couldn't even pick you out of life. <laughs> except for the fact that you're a 90-year-old woman right. trying to give me advice on raising kids, which you did 104 years ago. You know, like, it, it's, everybody it, tried. Everybody has an opinion when you are raising kids. And, like, when they see you, everyone wants to touch them. And, like, all this, like, it's just... It's a, having kids is the craziest thing. Like we've been talking about this whole time, we have this great resource of multiple friends that have gone through it recently. So for instance, Omri and Jenna, right? Like when we, uh, after we confirmed that Ellie was pregnant, we needed to get into an OB practice and figure out where we were going to be delivering, which is in New York is just a disaster, it's insane because there are so many babies being born. There's shockingly little space. And, you know, some of these private um, OB practices, um, like in the neighborhoods, like we live in Park Slope, you know, there's one down the street we wanted that looked nice. They were like, oh, maybe, you know, they're Pure affiliated. Pure Yeah, exactly. That's what we did. So, but we tried calling them and, or maybe it wasn't Pure OB, whatever. It was something Shout like Shout out Dr. Pure. Becker, by the way. Pure OB. <laughs> Holler. We called this, this OB that, um, that Ellie liked. And they're like, oh, yeah, um, we're not accepting any clients that uh, aren't due uh, before January. We're like, you wouldn't even be pregnant. Like, you can't even be pregnant at this point. <laughs> like, you have to you, like get into the practice before you conceive. So, and I'm sure it's going to be the same with everything in New York schools, like everything. You should have called, but, should have called, you should have told me, Nat would have got you in. They love her over there. I'm sure. If Nat walks in now with the baby, it's <laughs> literally a party. That's what stops it's working. It's a block away from lunch, girl. But so in that situation, we reach out to people that we know went through it and we talked to Omri and Jenna and, you know, we found out, we decided that it looked like NYU would be a good place for us to deliver. Ellie's mom works at NYU. And so there's a lot of like factors there. And then we asked them how the OB practice was. They loved it. And, you know, so we've gone, we've had our own experience there and, and, you know, you just, you learn to sort of, um, rely on people you trust, pick up some advice here and there. And, you know, even if it's not like, uh, if the advice hasn't worked out the same way for you that it has the person that gave you the advice, you want to sort of like pick it up and run with it and just, you know, like you, some things aren't going to be perfect, you know, during the pregnancy. I mean, a lot lot of things aren't going to be perfect. (laughs) A lot of things aren't going to be perfect. I mean, you know, like, we have had an issue with NYU that I think Omri and Jenna didn't, which is like we felt like, you know, it's just a baby factory there. So like you go in for your 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 at first your monthly visits, you know, now we're in the two week visits and we're about to switch to our week visits. And, you know, for that first um 
mostly the second trimester and early first trimester, you're sort of just like in and out. The doctor will come in, the OB will come in and be like, how are you feeling? Feeling okay? Get the heartbeat, check your blood pressure, and standing out the door. You know? Whoa. And it's like, he's like, come on, like we have some questions. They're like, oh, we can't really even talk about that until later on. And no yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, it, it was, we've been a little bit like, but then, you know, we've done other things to sort of um, guard against the negative effects from that. Like, for instance, we got advice about a doula, right? And we found a doula who's also you a lactation. You do go to doula. We do. And we have a doula. And we have uh, – she's also a lactation specialist. So it's like – It's two it's, in one. It's exactly. Great. Exactly. So, you know – and You and guys don't try breastfeeding? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, good so, luck on that. Nightmare. I know. And we, we have no idea how it's going to go. But yeah. we know that, like, because of our experience in – in how it's gone with where we were, we're going to deliver. And don't get me wrong, like, NYU is an amazing hospital. They're one of the best places for high risk pregnancies as well. Mm-hmm. And they have Are some you high risk? Best... No, uh, no, no. But just saying, like, if anything were to go on, if something were to go wrong, for sure. then it's one of the best places you can be at, right? Like, so we know that NYU is going to be an amazing place to actually, and again, Armour and Jenna told us it was the birthing process there was great. Um, so it's you know we're accepting this advice from people, um, but just augmenting it with our own experience. So you're not going to listen to the 90 year old woman that comes up to you in the diner, right? Listen, like I said, Ellie's very good at shooting that shit down, like right so away. True. Like it she decided really she just has a look on her face, and people generally like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> so it's all right. I, I mean, I, people will do it. Yeah, and we'll just be like, okay, yeah, great, thanks, perfect, great, yeah, see you later, never, see never, you, never, see you never, again. yeah, right. exactly, right. Um, so you, what, what do you? You seem like you're so cool, calm and collected, yeah. which I feel like I was also at the same point. Yeah, I, really I think I did. Me. I did a lot of the same things mentally that you're doing. Right. Also, are you nervous about anything? I'm. Yeah, of course. Because you're gonna let it go right now on the podcast. The time let it all out. I'm nervous about a lot of stuff, man. I'm. I'm not nervous about doing the things you have to do to be a dad, right? I'm not nervous about the fact. I'm not nervous about like holding the baby. I'm not nervous about. Like, I mean, I've gotten a lot of practice with all of our friends, but I'm also, you know, I have like 15 nieces and nephews. I'm, I came from a big family. Yeah. I'm not nervous about any, like the, I'm not nervous about changing diapers. I'm not nervous about any of that stuff. I'm nervous about, um, a lot of the, uh, logistics that go behind, you know, being a, being a good father, not the, the, like the, the portions of it that mean showing up and doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. But like, you know, I'm nervous about raising a child in New York city and finances. You know, I'm, I'm, I haven't even allowed myself to think about, you know, like I think about the finances of like childcare and I like shut it down in my head. I'm like one thing at a time. Let's just get through this. Trust me, I did the same thing. We'll figure it out as soon as we can, like when we have to. We know. Listen, all you gotta do is make it through four years. Then you put them in public school, and it costs mm-hmm. nothing. It's great. Also, yeah, I mean, thanks. That's actually I can say thanks to Blasio for yeah, that. Right? Straight <laughs> up, straight the one up. thing to Blasio has done. I mean, all you gotta do is make it four years. Yeah, I think four years you gotta make it. I know, and it's just um, so I worry about the. Like providing, mm-hmm. you know, like, but that's just me as a person. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter how much money I make in my life, no matter how much money Ellie makes in her life, um, I think we'll always be concerned with feeling like we're providing, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so 
I'd say that that's what I'm what I'm most nervous about. Which is the normal thing, right? Yeah. I think I feel like I feel like from a dad perspective, that's kind of like the number one thing that like we're always nervous about is like, are we going to be able to provide? Because fortunately or unfortunately, we're like our society is still in like that mentality of the fifties, where like men are supposed to come and bring home the bacon, but also I guess. We're not through the entire process of pregnancy. We're not worried about the thing growing inside of us. So right. we have to worry about something Other else, you Other know. Yeah. Um, which so I think that's a normal thing. Um, but it's good. That it's good to not be nervous about all the father stuff because so many, because so many guys are. Yeah, I don't know. I just I, I think that is just my where I'm coming from yeah. in my experience. You've experienced. I've also. been around babies. Yeah. I've been around like you know. I have a lot of role models in terms of like my older brothers and sisters that have raised great kids. Um, so I've seen uh, them be. You know, I've I've seen them raise children from infants to now my you know a lot of my nieces and nephews are either in or out of college. They're like graduated from college. And I, I know it's crazy. So I've seen them go through the process and I've seen what it takes to, to be like a supportive and present dad. And I'm, I'm not – that's not anything that I'm really concerned about because – I'm not concerned about that for you either. Yeah. You're going to be fucking great. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, actually, it's funny. We went out to dinner, so podcast listeners – uh, we had a we nice dinner. Done, we should have done a podcast from this dinner. Oh my and god, it was insane. And the but kids. it was there was babies, there was parents, there was wine. But Mo was unbelievable. Up and down, food, pizza slices in one hand, bottle in another. Omri, Omri was like looking screaming. at me. It was like <laughs> Omri was and and Mo was solo too. Now wasn't that couldn't make it to dinner. But Mo was up and down. He was taking care of business. He was changing diapers, and everybody was like, "Damn, Mo's doing really well right now. Mo's Mo's crushing it right now." Like, I have to. What, what, what else am I going to do? You know what I mean? But, that, but that's but that's a mentality. So, I, like I said, I have a similar mentality. That like, what else else am I going to do? Like, I have to. And then once you have this thing, you just actually once it becomes a real tangible thing, and yeah. it's no longer a theoretical something that's growing yeah. inside of somebody else. Yeah, and. For me specifically, I was the first person to see the baby. Yeah, like Nat did. Like I, like I saw, I saw it. I touched it because of the C-section. Right? She can't do any of that That's crazy. until that she's like kind of like she didn't see or really touch or meet the baby until almost like an hour after it was mm. born, and we were in the recovery room. So like I'm there. Like I say, it's just once you see it, you're like, all right. Yep. This is this is what my this is what I have to do. I got to do everything for this thing sitting right here. Because and once they grab your finger, yeah. Oh, I know. Oh. That's like I feel like as soon as as soon as the the baby is here, as soon as my daughter is here, all those moments that like I've been sort of like hoping like those those moments of like this is real that like listen, I would have loved to have a moment like where it hit me like a ton of bricks that this is real. Besides that first time that I heard the heartbeat. heartbeat. The heartbeat like, is a big one, It's though. a big one, for sure. But, like, I would have loved more moments like that because yeah. it's great moments, yeah. right? Like, I would have loved more moments like that. You're going to have But plenty. I know that as soon as the baby's here, they come, like, every day. Every day. Right? Like, every day. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping for, yeah. at least. So, like, and if they don't come, then there's, like, then I should probably, like, well then, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, then you need to see if you have a soul. Your heart is beating. Exactly. Your heartbeat. Exactly. I'm going to wrap up here in a second. Um, we've gone like 40 minutes. This is fantastic. Uh, it really did. You know, a couple Pacificas. Yeah, chilling, exactly. Have a good conversation about kids. Um, so 
nervous. What are you most excited about? I'm really excited to um, to be in a stage where my daughter recognizes me. And like, for instance, I was holding Omri's son Ellis um, when Omri met us at the restaurant. And I always have fun with Ellis, and Ellis like, smiles at me, and he's he's a super goofy, funny kid, and he's super cute, and I have a good relationship with him. I can make him smile and laugh whenever. But like, I was holding on to him, and then he saw Omri. And then just the biggest smile came over his face and he reached out his arms and, you know, like to see Omri like totally just melt at that, you yeah. know, like, and just be like, ah, yeah. you know, like my son. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's, I think, um, I know that probably won't come for a little while, um, especially because, you know, there's that, that, uh, uh, sort of biological connection between a mother and the baby that is there from the first instant, right? The baby's I'm looking so jealous of Right, it. exactly. Terrible. Like you get know so jealous. They all know the time. listen, it's they're just a food sword. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I just but like there's there's a connection there between the mother and the baby from day one. I know that like for a father and the baby it takes a little bit longer. Um so I'm really looking forward to establishing that connection. Yeah. Because that's like the same connection that when she's, you know, 20 years old and coming home yeah. from a semester in college, I hope to see that same smile when she sees me, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I, that's what sort of like, uh, represents the whole being a father thing to me is yeah. that, that connection. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, I get that every time I wake her up in the morning to mm -hmm. feed her and she like knows. I can't wait. That it's me, like, that it's me. She sees, she smiles. She's like, she's yeah. stretching, but like, she's stretching with her eyes closed, but it's like, she doesn't want to close her eyes because she wants to see that like, I'm yeah. still there. It's like the best, it's the best thing ever. I um, also, wait, just real quick. I also can't wait to finally be able to tell everybody the name. We've been holding on the name. Oh my God. I, this is like, this secretly. Everybody's been trying to guess it. <laughs> It's been so you don't want to just announce it right now <laughs> on this. <laughs> Ellie would actually slice my head off. I mean, we've been actually. I mean, it's been difficult because we say the name to each other all the time. Yeah, it's tough. at home, right? Like I'm like, oh, babe. Like, yeah, I, no, I, I know, like, I know it very well. And, I know it very well. And then we go out in public, and like it, I've almost let it slip like a million times. And I can't wait to actually, you know, get the name out there because I I love the name. I can't wait for other people. To it was, hear it's it, so. funny. It was funny. Quick story, and then we're gonna and then we're gonna cut off. Um, but I, I when we knew that what the name was, we yeah. had it. We knew we've we had it for ages, it. Had, right? We um, and at her brother's birthday, which mm -hmm. is July eighteenth. So like two weeks before Aurora was born, yeah. we're at the birthday, and our moms are constantly trying to guess the name and yeah, like yeah, ask yeah. us what right, the name right, right. is or whatever. And my mom is like, um, they're talking with her mom and my mom are talking about like popular names on like these lists oh, God. that come out every year. Dangerous. And they're like, they're like, oh yeah, this name and this name, and they're like, they're like, oh yeah, and like apparently Aurora is a popular name, and me and Nat just from across the room laser beams. in the conversation, laser beams. and she hears it and laser beams right in my. Eye. She Her. probably thought you said it by accident yes. and was about to kill you. We got back here. She's like, they know the name. They know the name. They don't like it. They know the name. And they didn't, but wait, did they say anything bad about the name? Like, yeah, like, okay. I don't know. She claims that, like, her mom, like, made, like, a, a face at it. But sure. I, I don't know. I well, great didn't name. see a face. Yeah. I was a couple of Bloody Marys deep, though, so who knows? Yeah, you know right, what I mean? right, right, right. Uh, but... Uh, but but yeah, the naming the name thing is really crazy because everybody all, that's also and everybody before they get born that's they all I still get that. texts from my sister like 
like a couple times a week with just names. <laughs> and she's like, it's this. It, I can feel it. It's this. I'm like, am I jealous? Not My bad. brother-in-law's girlfriend was doing that. We would like sit down and she'd be like, she'd be like I think you should name it Elliot. I think you should name it Sydney. I think you should name it, right, right, should right, name right, it right. Elias. Like we're like, Okay, like thanks we for got the, the name. Advice. Don't worry about advice. it. Everybody <laughs> has advice, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, Patton, I really appreciate it. First guest without a kid. Yeah. First future father on the pod. Well, maybe by the time you hear this, maybe the, the child will be here. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know when you're dropping it. Possibly. So we'll possibly. Um, God willing. But this is this is fantastic. I'm I'm glad to in to induct you into the brotherhood. Yeah, in the brotherhood of fatherhood. The, bro- the fatherhood <laughs> brotherhood. And that's what it's all about, man. It's a crazy uh, thing. I'm so pumped for you that you're, that you're thanks, walking on this journey. It's a fun fucking time. And uh, I can't wait to meet little baby. Eh. <laughs> Not gonna happen. <laughs> all right. Well, that's what that's that's the time. That's what we got for this week's episode of Dad Hard with a podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening, tuning in. Thank you to my boy Patton for coming on the show. Um, as always, if you want to connect, you want to come on the show. If you're a part of the fatherhood, fatherhood brotherhood. Yeah, if you're part of the fatherhood brotherhood, you want to come on the show. You have ideas for things that you want to talk about on the show. Hit me up, dadhardpod at gmail.com. Always follow me on on uh, Instagram, dadhardpod, and the Facebook page is up. So you can check that out as well. Hit me with a little bit of a likey like. Uh, Facebook.com slash DadHardPod. I'm on Alexa. I'm on iTunes. Spotify. If you have iTunes, please jump on. Give me that five-star rating. Drop a little comment, comment. Tell them how much you love the pod. And let all your friends know what's going on. Because we're talking about fatherhood and potential fatherhood. And um, this future fatherhood thing is going to be a series that I continue to do. This is part one. I got part two coming in a couple of months with another buddy of mine. That's due in the spring. Um, so this is going to be a cool thing that, that I start doing every couple of months or so uh, with these future fathers and expecting dads. Because that's an important part of fatherhood too. That's where we kind of like learn how to be dads or like what's going on. But anyway, I've rambled enough. I know you love it though. Dad Hard with a podcast. Catch you next week. Until then, we're out. Peace. Remember back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Remember back in the days before you had brains or cared about your ways. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun. Ain't that the truth, man? I wish you could go back being a little kid again, man. Remember them good times. Everything was free spirit and all that. I'm talking the playground. He was playing on the monkey balls or whatever. Sprinklers. Hydrants going off in the street in the summertime. That home cooking. Can't be that, man. You remember. And if not, you need to rewind this I'm back in the days before you got blazed and lost in the haze. Remember back in the times when being just a kid was fun, right?